Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. If we can stand to our feet. He's given us a reason to dance. He's given us a reason to praise. Can we just open up our mouths and just shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. The Lord is great. We're here to bless the name of Jesus this morning. Let's praise him this morning. Can we put our hands together in this place? Come on. Everybody clap your hands. We bless your name, Jesus. He became sin. So glad that's not where the song 
the reason to dance in this place. Can we lift up our voice? Sing, he gave me a reason. Gave me a reason to dance.
He woke you up this morning. He placed you in your right mind. And I'm so thankful, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Everybody clap your hands. I am free. Let's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't see any free people in the house this morning. Come on. Everybody clap your hands. Say, I am free.
that you will sanctify us, O oh God, through thy truth, for thy word is truth. God, we have entered into, oh God, your gates with thanksgiving, and we have entered your courts with praise. Oh God, we ask you today that you will light our path, open our eyes, that we may see clearly what it is that you want us to do today, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will move amongst us. Lord God, may you remove from us the stony heart. Lord God, may you remove from us our selfish ways. God, you have ordained those disciplines for us to seek you, for us to fast, for us to pray, for us to be givers. But God, at the end of the day, it's all about our motives. Help us to have the right motives. Whatever we do, Lord God, we're here to draw closer to you. So we ask you today, Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to seek your face, Lord. I pray, God, for those that are sick, for Lolita, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that you will touch her body. Lord God, may you make her whole. God, you know, Lord Jesus, what it is that she needs. And I pray right now, you know those are the prayer requests. We touch and agree that, God, you will touch your bodies, whether it be financially, whether it be, Almighty God, emotionally, whether it's spiritually. I pray, Almighty God, that you will hear us from heaven, Lord. Oh, God, we cry out to you because we need, Lord Jesus, a breakthrough. Lord God, we're sick and tired of the same old. So we come to you and we ask you for your divine intervention. We ask your God that you will allow your spirit to come and dwell amongst us, oh God. Lord Jesus, those that are struggling, those, Lord Jesus, that are bound. Lord God, you know every one of our hearts and our desires. You know where we are. And God, we ask you today that, Lord, you will move upon us, Lord. I pray, Almighty God, for an outpouring of your spirit. Lord Jesus, let us not come in the same way we came. Let us not leave the same way we came. So we ask you for a divine touch. We ask you for a divine touch, God. I pray, Almighty God, that you will anoint your manservant. God, that he will speak. Lord Jesus, your oracle. You will use him, Lord God, like a pipe that you will flow through him. I pray the name of Jesus that you will use him. Lord God, let him speak what you would have him to speak. And that you'll touch our hearts. That we be receptive to your word. That your word would not fall, oh God, on dry ground. But oh God, it will, it will fall on good ground, Lord Jesus. And that we will allow it to change our lives. Have your way today, God. We submit everything, almighty God, to your, to you, Lord Jesus. Have your way, God. As we call upon you, we trust in you, oh God. Let your glory fill this place. As we continue to give you all the worship in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't we put our hands together in this place? There's any people that are healed, that are freed, that are changed, delivered in this place? Anybody that can declare that they're not going back to the place that they once were? Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We worship you, Jesus. We bless your name, O oh God. I've been 
Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. I'll never go back. 
Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship Him this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. A spirit of worship, a spirit of liberty is in this place this morning. Amen. When you be at liberty this morning as you worship the Lord. Amen. God's been so good to us. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for just a few minutes. Amen. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone one more time to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. Amen. We're so glad that everyone joined us in worship this morning, our online congregation. We welcome you this morning. We pray that God will bless you where you are, and God is moving where you are. Whatever you're doing, God is in the midst of what you're doing this morning. And for all of us that are here this morning, we thank you for being here this morning, for sacrificing your time to be here. Amen. And for your sacrifice, the Lord's going to bless you for making the sacrifice to be here this morning. I'm so honored whenever the doors are open, I have the privilege and opportunity to be in the house of God. I take advantage of it. And this is where it meant for us to be. And I'm so glad that all of us are here this morning to worship and to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. I just want to get a couple of things out of the way before we move on and transition into our service. But before that, I want to ask everyone if you could stand with us one more time. I want you to take a minute or two, just kind of move around a little bit and just to greet each other, welcome everyone, let them know how much you're grateful to see them this morning. Just shake somebody hand if you're able to move around just for a minute or two. We're going to recommend you to do so. Amen. Greet somebody in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we're getting ready to transition back to our seats. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to ask all our guests that is there for the first, second, and the third time to please remain standing while everyone else, if you are able to. I know some people are still fellowshipping, fellowshipping, so if you can just, amen, able to break up for a little bit and get back to your seat. And for all our guests, that is here for the first, second, and third time. We're going to ask you to remain standing. Everyone else can be seated. If you're a guest for the first, second, or third time, we're going to ask you if you can remain standing. All our guests. I'm sure we don't have all our guests. But all our guests that are, stand, uh, that are here this morning, congregation, just look around. Amen. We're so glad that you're here. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Amen. 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 Let's give them a round of applause. Hallelujah. God's been good to us. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We want to just take this time out just to uh, remind us about a few announcements for this week. Amen. Come in this Thursday. Everyone said this Thursday. I can't hear you. Said this Thursday. 
Amen. At 7.30 p.m. is the kickoff of our family camp. And I use the term uh, family camp because this is a family camp. This is about all of us. The service is dedicated more for the young people. But I want all the family that are here to make sure you come out and be a supportive base to our uh, youth camp. This is a district youth camp. And it's going to be here at 7.30 p.m. Please be in time. There will be people traveling from north and south. This place will be packed out. So if you want to get a decent seat, I would recommend you, amen, to get here on time. Amen. So that's this uh, Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And Friday evening, our family camp continues. It's going to be in Prospect Park. Prospect Park from here, it's about an hour 15 minutes pending traffic. Not a bad ride, good ride going up there. Travel up there many times. Our second service will be uh, in Prospect Park at 7.30 p.m. Now, if you travel into Prospect Park, make sure you give yourself plenty of time. Because you're going to be on the parkways and the turnpike. Uh, you know, during Friday evening, the traffic can be a little heavy going up. So give yourself plenty of time to make sure you get there. There's a beautiful facility there in Prospect Park for 730. And that service will be designated for families. So if you, any family members that you have, you can invite them out to be a part of our family camp. Continue. And then Saturday, Saturday at 5 uh, p.m. Everybody say 5 p.m. Amen. 5 p.m. we'll be down in Titan Falls, which from here, it's about 45 minutes, give and take. From here to Titan Falls, we'll be having our third uh, family camp down there in Titan Falls. And Saturday at 5 p.m., amen, we have a great speaker that's going to be with us for the duration of our family camp. Amen, Brother Jones. Amen, Jerry Jones. I met him several times up in, uh, uh, in, um, when I go to headquarters. So he's going to be a great speaker. So I would encourage all of you not to miss out on the opportunity to hear the words preached. And then that same day, Saturday, we're going to be having a health fair, a community health fair in, um, in the facility here. And also on the side here, we're going to have people that will be coming in from, um, the, from the health board. Um, we're going to be have um, cholesterol. We're going to have blood pressure, diabetes check. We're going to have a bunch of different things. You can talk to personnel about insurance and all those things. So I would invite and recommend all of you to come to our health fair that's going to be from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So if you're able to um, come out to our health fair on Saturday, we recommend you to do so. And the final thing is our men's retreat. Everybody say men's retreat. All the men, men's retreat. I can't hear you. The men, men's retreat. All right, sure. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, you can either see myself, Brother Tom, Brother Daryl, or one of the ministers here. Um, would love you to register for the men's retreat, which will be September 8th and 9th. If you need any more information, please talk to myself, Brother Tom, Brother Daryl, or one of us, and we'll direct you as far as getting registered. Would like to have a good representative from this congregation to support our district uh, men's re retreat. So I'd invite all the men that is there, young men, you can bring your son along with you, amen, it will be a good time, it will be Friday evening and Saturday, uh, I think we're now going to get around about noonish to one-ish uh, Saturday, so I would encourage all the men that is there, if you're able to, come out and be a part of it, amen, everybody said amen, amen, at this time, it's offering time, come on, it's a little weak, let's try it again, it's offering time, 
All right, come on. I'm going to ask you to stand with us one more time. Let's give the Lord some more praise as we get into another part of the service where we receive our blessing this morning. So if you're able to stand, amen, I'm going to invite you to stand as we receive our offering this morning. Amen. Don't forget, if you're paying by cards, we have uh, devices in the back. Amen. We have two ladies back there who will help you with the electronic payment. Amen. They're waving their hands back there. You can turn around to those two beautiful ladies. Amen. They're waving in their hands. Amen. Make sure you see them if you're paying electronically. Amen. If you need a tithes envelope, you can see one of the ushers. They'll give you an envelope. Amen. Make sure. Be a blessing this morning unto the Lord. Amen. We're going to ask you to bow your heads this morning as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what we have already felt in the service. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. Father God, as you're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you a blessing upon every giver. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way so they too can be blessed. We come into this remaining portion of the service in the end, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Worship the Lord with us as we minister in Jesus' name.
hands together in this place and worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Can we stand to our feet and just worship Him one more time? Anybody need Jesus in the room this morning?
Oh, God, there is none like you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, yesterday we were here at 6.30 on Saturdays. We're here at 6.30 on Saturdays and we pray. We call on the name of the Lord. And what I pray oftentimes these days is, God, will you allow us to experience your supernatural power? Will you allow us to experience an authentic move of your spirit? Because you see, we're so, we're, we're, we're so polished in this hour that we know how to make it seem like God's spirit is moving when it's just us being happy. And there's nothing wrong with us being happy. I just need God's spirit to move while we're being happy. I just don't want to be happy, but I want to be happy and the spirit of the Lord is moving and the spirit of the Lord is touching us and the spirit of the Lord is filling the hearts of people and the spirit of the Lord is just delivering. I want the spirit of the Lord to be among us in a powerful way. We say... Christ-centered church, this church, we want to be a 21st century apostolic church that is Christ-centered in lifestyle, in principle, and in power. That's what we say about this church. And the reason why we say a 21st century, because all that's happening in the 21st century, we understand that it's just the changing of how things are among us as a people, as a world. But we won't change from being apostolic because the word don't change. Jesus is still righteous. Jesus is still holy. Jesus is still one God manifest in flesh. We still talk with tongues. We still baptize in Jesus' name. We still run the aisle. We still cry out. We still sing. And we still shout. We will be apostolic until the Lord returns for his church. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We will be in the 21st century, but we will be the first century church. There is no other way to be. Anything else is of man, but we want to be what God wants us to be. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I can't tell you how much I love this church. You all are amazing, wonderful church. I'm so privileged, I'm so honored that God allowed me to be the pastor of this church. I am so grateful. You all are wonderful. Praise singers, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Musicians, awesome, awesome, awesome. And you all that responded, awesome, awesome, awesome. I thank God for you. 
You know what's great about the church that we underestimate sometimes? No matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter how much unrighteousness we were around throughout the week, whether at work or just wherever, no matter what, when we come in here, it's just such a beautiful spirit and presence of the Lord where people are just wholesome. People are giving their heart to God. People are loving God and loving one another. There is nothing like the church. Acts chapter 5. I thank God for all of our guests this morning. Those of you that have joined us online, we thank you. Our online congregation, you know how much we love you. And we're so grateful. Week after week, you're tuned in. And we thank God for you. Remember what I always say. I will come wherever you are. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, and I'll come and baptize you. So just reach out to the church however you can. We have multiple ways that you can reach out. And we'll come and baptize you in Jesus' name. We'll pray you through to the Holy Ghost. Or one of the services, you can just lift your hands and pray. And you can receive the Holy Ghost just where you are. So we thank God for our online congregation. For those of you that are here this morning, we thank God for you, our guests. We have some special guests with us this morning. That's Drexel and Michaela Shaw. Amen. If you can just lay, raise your hand, Drexel and Michaela. We, we, we are so glad that you can be with us this morning. We're thankful that you can come and worship with us. Drexel and Michaela uh, attend Pastor Hubert Church down in Tallahassee, Florida. They, let me tell you who church Brother Huber is, Sister Charity, Jericho's wife. That's the church that they were in down in Tallahassee. So we're grateful that they're here with us this morning, and we thank God for leading you here and you joining us here. Second time, so I missed the first time. I was in Boston? Okay, all right. Well, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The preacher don't want to miss. I don't want to miss. You know, I told you all, when, when they made, gave, gave me all these fancy titles, I don't know, man. This is why I can say truthfully, and I'm not saying it just to say it. I just prefer to be a no-name, no-recognized guy because I can just focus on what God called me to do. You get a little bit of name, you got to be here, you got to be there, and I'm just, you know, it's not polite sometimes to say no, but sometimes I got to say no. I couldn't say no to, when I was in Boston, though I was doing some real top-notch stuff that I had to do. Acts chapter 5. We thank God for the shawls. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This message that, I, that I'm going to preach to you this morning, <laughs> the Holy Ghost quickened me Thursday to preach this message. I, I had something that I thought was a good message to preach to you. That's what I thought. And the Holy Ghost says, here's something that you need to speak to the people this morning. And so I am just grateful that God will, would speak to me to speak to you. I'm just his conduit. That's really what we are. We are, as Brother Woodward liked to say, we are his echo. We're not saying anything differently. We're just echoing what he's already said. <laughs> Acts chapter 5 Verse number one, we're going to read one through ten. You are familiar if you've been in church any amount of time, even if you haven't been in church. These passages of scripture are so well known that you're probably going to say, oh, yeah. So let's just go over it so some of you can say, oh, yeah. And some will say, all right, where is he going this morning? But a certain man named Ananias with, his, with Sapphira, his wife, sold 
a possession. They sold their possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why had Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Question mark. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Let me get you up to speed with what's going on here. In Acts chapter 4, verse 34 the scripture says, neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Did you catch it? So what was going on earlier was the spirit of God was so powerful and moved so mightily that people started going to sell their property and bring all of the money that they got from the sale and laid it at the apostles' feet. And they trusted the apostles to distribute the wealth that was stored up to everyone. So there was no one among them that had need for anything because the apostles, men of God, distributed all that was in the house equally as people had need of. But this man and his wife sold their property and they came and laid some of the money at the apostles' feet. That's where we are. Verse 5 says, back to uh, chapter 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghosts. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Did you sell the land for 100000 just for instance? And she said, yeah, for 100000 Then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet. And yielded up the ghosts, and the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Whole oh, lot of stuff going on there. Whole oh, lot of stuff going on there. And so, I want to talk to you this morning, hopefully in a very clear voice. In a very direct way, I want to speak to you on this topic. No loopholes. No loopholes. You may be seated. 
George MacDonald wrote, half of the misery in the world comes from trying to look instead of trying to be what one is not. The name that Jesus gave to this practice is hypocrisy, which simply means wearing a mask or playing the actor. When we're not being who we're supposed to be, we're either wearing a mask or we're being an actor. Mm -hmm. In the church, hypocrisy is deliberate deception. Watch this. Trying to make people think we are more spiritual than we really are. Oh, help me somebody. Church people have a tendency to pass themselves off or they want you to believe that they're more spiritual than they really are. Can I just pause and say this? We can't forget that one of the reasons why we're in church is because we know we had some some errors, some flaws, some ways in our life that wasn't right. And so we decided, you know, only Jesus can get this area of my life right, so I need to go to church so Jesus can help me to get these areas in my life right. That's why many of us, probably all of us, are here. Yes, we want to know who Jesus is. Yes, we want to go to heaven. Yes, we want to live a life that is pleasing unto Christ. But we also want to be righteous. We also want to be holy. We also want to live a life that is right and pleasing without all this stuff that is ungodly that is in us. And so... We go to church and say we need these things to get right in us. But they don't always get right right away. And some of them, some of the ways that is not godly in our life, they linger a lot longer than we expected. So no need for us to all, you know, take a step back and like, whoa. Because all of us have something we need worked out of us. The judgment of Ananias and Sapphira may seem extreme to us, but the ever-loving and omniscient God knows best. That word we need to have in our vocabulary as Christians, omniscient. That means God is all-knowing. There is no human there is no demon, there is no angel, there is no person in this world or outside of this world that is all-knowing. If you stop to think what encompasses all-knowing, you will say, now that's different. Now that's something when we have a God that we serve that is all-knowing. It means the thoughts that you have, he knew those thoughts before you had them. The actions that you will commit, he knew about those before you did them. That's all-knowing. No one else is all-knowing. Not even angels. Mm -hmm. And so one might say, God, 
You killed those two people just because they lied about a business transaction and about their church giving. But you and I don't understand why God will do the things that he does. Because our ways is not like his ways. Our thoughts are not like his thoughts. And so the way God does things, it might seem strange to us sometimes. It might seem like, oh, that's not really just. But I'm here to tell you, the all-knowing God knows just what he's doing. He's loving, he's kind, he's gracious, but he still judges his people. You and I, we're limited as to what we know, but God is not. And so to look at what he did, how he judged Ananias and Sapphira, that might to you seem unreasonable, but it wasn't. I'll show you in a little bit. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 10 says this, I, the Lord, search the heart. I tried the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Watch what Hebrews 4 and 12 says. For the word of God, I want to change that. And I'm not adding and I'm not taking away. I'm just showing you a little bit more depth of the word. So let me read it this way. For God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. Anybody knows where the soul and the spirit is? (laughs) And of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. That's God. So when he judges whatsoever he does, we have to just trust and believe and accept that it's right. Let me tell you what's going on a little bit in that story. Satan knows he cannot defeat the church by attacking the church from the outside. It doesn't matter what the outside world try to do to stop the church. It doesn't matter what the outside world does to try to come against. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So we know no matter how much the devil tries from the outside to try to stop the church, he cannot because the very gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. So Satan understands that he cannot destroy the church from the outside. So what he tries to do is attack the church from the inside. So that's the first thing you want to realize what was going on with Ananias and his wife Sapphira. They were being used by the devil to try to disrupt stuff on the inside because they were saints of God. They were supposed to be in the church doing the right thing. And the devil says, you know what? I see a crack I can use to try to infiltrate the church. So let me work on these two. He knows how to to try to lie to the minds and the hearts of believers, even genuine Christians, and try to get them to follow his orders. The devil knows how to work that. And I'm going to show you how he knows how to work it. But we don't have to worry about it. 
because we know that God is the head of the church. He says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And also he has given us, God gave us the admonition where he says that we must put on the whole armor of God. So I don't want you to worry this morning that, man, God, I don't want the devil to use me to do something messed up. Well, all you got to do is put on the whole armor of God. You can find that in Ephesians 6. You can pick up from anywhere from chapter 13 on down, and you will see. It says in Ephesians 6 and 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand. So all you have to do is put on the whole armor of God. You want to know the whole armor? I'm not preaching about that today. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, read verse 13 all the way to the end, and you will get to see all the armor that we need to put on every morning when we pray. We need to put on the armor of God because Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he ain't worried about the people that's not saved. He's worried about the people that is saved. That's who the devil is coming after, is saved people. He's coming after Christians. He's coming after believers. He's coming after you who wants to give your life to Christ. He's coming. And if you don't have the armor of God on, he can attack and he can do things in your life that you didn't dream you would do. Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote, Sin has many tools. But a lie is the handle which fits them all. Sin has many tools, but a lie is the handle that fits them all. And that's where the devil started. The Bible says he is the father of lies. He is the murderer and the father of lies. And so the Quickest and first thing, the very first thing that the devil did to get us to sin was get us to tell a lie. We might look at lies and says, oh, that's not a big deal. But we don't realize every time you tell a lie, you became the tool of the devil. When God judged Ananias and Sapphira, he was also judging Satan. He was letting everybody know that he would not tolerate deception in his church. We cannot forget the church is the body of Christ. We cannot forget the church belongs to Christ. It is his bride that he's coming back for. He died for the church. He says he's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing. He gave his life for the church and he will not allow anyone or anything, not even the preacher, to mess with his church. You might let somebody mess with your wife, brother. That's on you if you let somebody mess with your wife. But God ain't letting nobody mess with his wife. Because his wife is the church. That's his bride. And he will not allow anybody to mess with it. And the moment anybody start messing with his bride, he will be the God that he is. And surely he will say, hey, 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 hey. Don't mess with that. But if you think you want to keep messing, boy, you're going to see something. Because God ain't letting nobody mess with his bride. The devil was able to influence Ananias and Sapphira to sin in the way 
They did. Watch this. Because pride was already working in them. So the devil looks for a little seam. He looks for a little crack. He looks for a loophole. That's what he tries to do to get into your life. If you look at the word, you, you begin to look how far this word is coming from and what it means. And I'll give you some more definitions of it later on. But if you look where it's coming from and you research, you'll see part of the meaning of, of uh, loophole is a little slit, a little crack, a little opening. And so the devil looks for that in all of our lives to see how he can get into our life. Listen to me, church. If there are some lingering sin in your life that you know about, you need to pray them out. If there's any lingering sin in your life, do not be comfortable with sin. If you know there's something in your life that's not right, become uncomfortable with it. Begin to seek the Lord and say, Lord, I know this is sin. I'm not trying to pass it off, Lord, as it's good. I'm not trying to pass it off as it's okay. I know it's a sin according to your word, Lord. So I need some help because somehow it's controlling me. Somehow it's taking a hold of me. Somehow it's ruling me. But God, I need your help. That's how you come to know how loving he is. That's when you will see how good God is. It's when you realize, when you cry out for help, he will help you. He says, cast your care upon me because I care it for you. He says, confess your sin to me and I'm faithful and I'm just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There is no sin there is no thing that's wrong with us that we're doing that God will not forgive us of. We just have to know that it's not good, it's sin, it's wrong, and say to God, Lord, I recognize this. This ain't right. This ain't right. It could even be simple as we don't pray every day. It could be as simple as I don't read my Bible frequently. We got to tell him that. We cannot keep going around and trying to act like we're more spiritual than we are. It's okay. I'm not telling you because I'm just like you. I'm not telling you that we all have not sinned. The Bible says we all have sinned. But where we're going wrong is we're calling sin righteous and righteousness some other thing. That's where we're going wrong is we're trying to pass off our sin like it's okay. God is not okay with sin. And if we want to be delivered, if we want to be set free, if one day we want to go to heaven, we got to acknowledge that our sin is sin and say, God, it's in me, it's in my heart, and I need it to come out. Listen to me. We got to talk to God about it. We can't keep walking around like we're good and passing ourselves out off as spiritual. Oh, they're so spiritual. Some of us know how to pray because we've been praying for a long time. And we can pass off prayer like we're spiritual. But I know some of the young Christians will tell me, 
Pastor, some of the most spiritual people in the church, they so mean. So here I go, young convert, who told you they were spiritual? Not because you heard them pray loud, it didn't mean they were spiritual. So don't, don't think somebody's spiritual because they know how to pray loud. Don't think somebody's spiritual because they know how to shout or they know how to run the aisle. Don't think somebody's spiritual because all of these Christian things that we think they do. No, our life will tell you if we're spiritual or we're not. The Lord hates all sins. There is not one sin that God is like, ah, that's not too bad. I'm okay with that. Not one that God is okay with. So I don't care if it's drinking or smoking. I don't care if it's fornication. I don't care if it's lying. I don't care if it's stealing. I don't care how small we might think the sin is. God is not okay with it. He's not okay with it. We can't pass it off to him and say, God, well, you know, no, he's not okay with any sin. Preacher, how are you going to say that? Because he gave his life for every sin. You think he's going to go to the cross and bleed his blood? Let them crucify him? I was reading something which we already know that was talking about the worst ways a man can die or a woman can die. And certainly the number one way is crucifixion. You think God got hung on a cross, allowed himself to get hung on a cross, and he will be okay with sin? No way. You go to the cross and die. Well, we can't even go because we wouldn't even we wouldn't even have enough courage to do it. But if you ever went to the cross with somebody to live right, you will see how it feels when they're not living right. When you know you gave your blood, when you know you gave your tears, when you know you gave your sweat, when you know what you gave for somebody's life to be better and their life ain't getting better, that is ripping your heart out. The Lord hates every sin. There's not one sin, not one sin, that he's okay with. As a matter of fact, pride is the sin he especially hates. It was pride that transformed Lucifer into Satan. Nobody names their children Lucifer. But Lucifer was good for a minute there. I mean, he was good. I mean, he was doing things, great, great things in heaven. So for a minute, Lucifer was okay. Now, you can't name your kid Satan. But Lucifer was good for a minute. And then Lucifer allowed pride to transform him into Satan. Let's take a look on how pride worked in Ananias and Sapphira. No doubt, watch this, the church was praising God for the generous offering that Barnabas had brought. So Barnabas had sold his stuff. Everybody was doing it, but the, but the scripture pointed out Barnabas. So everybody was selling their property and bringing it into the church, as I said earlier. Barnabas must have had some good property. 
he sold all of it and brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. And they started shouting, oh, God is good. And they started praising like, man, because when you see somebody sacrifice like that, that just has to make you feel like, wow. And so they started running and shouting about Barnabas just giving the gift. And I'm sure Barnabas, because he's a humble man, if you read about him, Barnabas, ah, don't make it about me. I just want to be what God wants me to be. And that's probably how Barnabas was. But Ananias and Sapphira, they saw that. And so they decide, we want people to feel good and run around and shout for us like they did for Barnabas. That's pride. That's pride. And that's what transpired. And so they was jealous, Ananias and Sapphira. They wanted to be recognized like Barnabas was. And so they went to go sell their stuff too. You can make others think that you're spiritual like Barnabas is what the devil whispered in their ears. The devil went and says, oh, they can shout for you too if you do what Barnabas did. And because they had pride in their hearts and wanted to be recognized, they were susceptible to that kind of thought that the devil put into their heart. That's what the scripture said. The scripture said the devil made them lie. Instead of them resisting Satan's approaches, they yielded to him and planned a strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get some recognition around here. And so that's what they did. But the devil can only go as far in your life as to where you let him. You don't have to worry about no devil. (laughs) You have control over where you let the devil go in your life and where you not let him go. And Ananias and Sapphira could have stopped the devil from reaching where he reached in their life. But because they had that lingering thing in them to want to be recognized, that prideful way of being, they allowed the devil to infiltrate them. This is why I said, if you know of any that's in you that's wrong before you leave here today you need to pray it out because the devil knows what it is you might think he doesn't know that's what he assigned demons to you to do to scope you out so he can know what you're doing and where's your weak spot so he can attack let me tell you this church there is no loophole to glorifying God. If you see somebody being recognized authentically by the church because God is doing it. If you see God raising somebody up, no need for you to get jealous. No need for you to get oh, oh, who they think they are. Because the bottom line is uh, there is no loophole. If they got there when they're recognized by God, it meant that they was doing something right. It doesn't mean they were doing anything wrong because God will only lift us up when we're right with him. He will not lift us up if we're not doing right. There's no loophole to glorifying God. There is no loophole to experience a move of God in the church. There is no loophole to a revival that God wants to give us. There is no loophole to having righteous relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no loophole to loving your brother and your sister. There is no loophole to having a godly marriage or any godly relationship. No loopholes. We're trying to do things and use loopholes. 
God is the creator of marriage and human behavior or human ways is not suffice. So if we're trying to make our marriage work, but we're using our own ingenuity and our own knowledge and our own understanding and all the books that we read and all that, that's okay, but that's not enough. God is the author of marriage. Why go to any other source? Why not go to the source, the one that instituted marriage? Why not go to him and say, God, I need to know how to make this work. But we want to read all the books. We want to go to all these people. You know, we want to go hear about this other person's marriage, how their marriages work. Every marriage has its own DNA. Every marriage has its own DNA. So you can't use somebody else's marriage for yours. That's where a lot of people go wrong because you're trying to govern your marriage according to who you saw, your neighbor across the street, or your parents, or your grandparents. or That's great that they had a great marriage. You don't know what they went through. You don't know what they got. Your marriage can only work according to the DNA of that marriage. And you can only get that DNA from the Lord Jesus. We should not only expect, or should I say, we should only expect godly results when we obey the word of God. For there are no loopholes in the word of God. You know how I know there's no loopholes in the word of God? Because he's all-knowing. That's something we can't comprehend. If God is all-knowing, he has thought about everything. The pulpit make you tell the truth. So let me tell you the truth about a loophole I just experienced, and God reminded me this morning, so I guess he wanted me to share it with you. So some of you might know this, and some of you don't know. So I'm trying to do a cruise for December because I try to do something, and I'm trying to work the angles. Uh, not bad. It's, it's not bad. But so I'm checking, and I said, I need a cabin for three. Uh, and they're looking around. They said, the cabin for three costs this much. I said, how much for a cabin of four? They said, it costs this much. The cabin for four is less than the cabin for three. So I said to the travel agent, how are we going to do that? That doesn't make sense. I'm not paying for three more when I, you know. So the travel agency said to me, I know what we can do, Wayne. We'll book it for four and get the room. And then when you show up on the day of the cruise, you just tell them the fourth person couldn't make it. The travel agency told me to do that. I didn't come up with that. Don't be looking at me. I said, is that okay? She said, that's fine. Don't worry about it. They won't do anything about it. It's, three of you. it's only three of you, so don't worry about it. What was that call? That's a loophole. Because they had more four cabins available than they had three cabins. And so the three cabins, because that's how hotel rooms or um, airline flights work. The, 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 when, when, when the inventory goes down, the prices go up. When you have a lot of inventory, the prices go down. And so the inventory for three people in a cabin is real low. But the inventory for four people in a cabin is a lot more. So they charge you less for the four cabin. And I'm just like, okay, that's called a loophole. So somehow, Royal Caribbean is missing out on that. They might know why they're doing it or why they're I don't know how. But guess what the problem is? Royal Caribbean is not all-knowing. 
Every company, every organization, everything you can think of, they are not all-knowing. So there will always be a loophole in whatever they're trying to do because they're not all-knowing. But the God that we serve is all-knowing. So before you can think of something, he already knows it. Every loophole we think we can come up with to live for God or to be more spiritual or to do whatever we think we can do in church, God already knows it. So he has everything on lock. There is no loophole in the kingdom of God. There's no loophole to live for God. We have to come straight up. If we don't come straight at God, we will not make it because there are no loopholes. Some of us procrastinate and kind of fiddle around and we wait too long to do things because we must think there's something else when there is nothing else. God is a man that he should not lie if what he says is what it is. Whatever he says is what it is. You can't look for no hole and say, man, God, you missed this. And sometimes our behavior, our character that we're still working on, it flows over into this kingdom of God where it should have just remained where, you know, in the world where we were unsafe. And so it flows over. And so many of us are living for God, walking and, and searching and trying to figure out there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a more effective way to live for God. Well, there are no loopholes. And God is not trying to trick you. So whatever he's telling you, it's the only way. <laughs> I wonder if there was a loophole for him to go to Calvary. You don't think he would have figured out a loophole? He almighty God. You don't think he would have figured out a loophole as opposed to going to Calvary the way he did. We read the scripture. The scripture said he prayed till his sweat became his blood. There was no loophole. So he says, not my will, but thy will be done. Because there are no loopholes. There are none. If he would have taken any loophole, I don't know where we would be today. Because I don't know how else we would have been saved when he already said from the beginning, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He already said that way back then, so I don't know how else we would have got saved if he was in Gethsemane praying, and, and all of a sudden he says, I'm sorry, man, it got to be a better way, and just move off. You know, can you imagine? He just got up off his knees. I, I'm sorry. got to be a different way. Father, they got to be a different way. And, and so now he's walking around trying to figure out what's, what, what, what's the other, what, what's the different way, trying to figure out if there's a loophole. And I'm here to tell you this morning, many Christians are doing that right now. You might not have thought about it in that sense, but I'm telling you what you're doing in essence, that you're walking around looking for some other way to make this work. And the longer you're procrastinating, looking for another way, the longer you remain in your situation and in the state that you're in, because there's no other way. There is no other way but to obey the word of God. All right, I'm almost finished here. The Lord Jesus loved his church and jealous over it, for the church was purchased with his blood and has been put on earth to glorify him and do his work. Satan wants to destroy the church, and the easiest way Satan thinks he can do it is by infiltration. Mm-hmm. 
I looked up the definition of loophole. And here's what it says. A loophole is an ambiguity or inadequacy in a system like Royal Caribbean got. (laughs) Such as a law or security which can be used, watch this, to circumvent or otherwise avoid the purpose implied or explicitly stated of the system. So when we're talking about loophole, what we're trying to do is circumvent the process. That's key for you to think about. As a matter of fact, here's something interesting. (laughs) Notice. What do you call someone who is always looking for and finding loopholes? I didn't know they gave them a name. Webster says there is a word for a person who looks for and finds loopholes. That person is called one who circumvents. (laughs) one who evades or outwits by cunning methods or strategies is a circumventer. That's a word in Webster. (laughs) I'm finishing up here. People might be able to find loopholes in society as to what is and what is not acceptable. This is why our society is a mess. Because we're trying to figure out loopholes constantly. I was sharing with somebody, I wouldn't, this is not the platform to share, but I was sharing with somebody um, earlier this week how we use so many loopholes till today, if you look through our world, the loopholes are coming back to bite us. So we've used loopholes thinking this is a good way of doing this because we figured out a loophole in society. And now today it's clashing with some other ideology that we consider was right. So now we got a whole lot of situation in our world that we say is right, but they're clashing. You know why? Because we're trying to figure out loopholes to live this life. And God is the authority on life. And we're trying our best to be the, the, the most successful at this life. We're trying our best to live life the way we think we need to. And we don't consult with God as much as we need to, not understanding he is the author of life. The Bible says that. He is the giver of life. Life come from him. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And so it's God that gives life. And so if he is the author of life, why wouldn't we go to him for instructions? No, we want to figure it out on our own. We want to use our intellect and we want to tell him how much we know and we're just getting jammed up because all of our stuff is clashing now. Clashing. Help us, Lord. Listen, we are loophole people. We look for loopholes in our taxes when we file taxes. We look for loopholes in moving our assets and avoiding fees and penalties. Politicians look for loopholes, especially in donations, companies, policy, and, and so on. You go to a company, you know, HR, you know, have their policy, but, but they, there's loopholes in the policy. So we as people are accustomed to finding loopholes. And so we come to church and God is working our life and Unfortunately, we're not even paying attention that we are still allowing that mindset to work in us as Christians. Where's the loophole in this? Where's the loophole in this? There's got to be some loophole in this. 
ain't no loophole in this. I am not the smartest person in the world. But I was having conversation. I love this. I'm almost done here. I, I told you I've been working on my barber for the longest. And I'm talking to him the other day. And if he doesn't know anything, he knows this. And he knows this because of one service he came to this church in. He told me, as we're talking, he says, yeah. He says, there's a lot of people saying a lot of stuff about religion. And it just sounds erroneous. You know, like a lot of them, Wayne, don't even know there's one God. A lot, of, a lot of them don't understand it. He said this. He says, a lot of them don't understand that Jesus is the one God. He talked to people, he says, all the time, and they come up with all of these just erroneous things. And he's like, they must be crazy. Because when we sit there and we talk, I'm just breaking off a little bit of the word at a time. I'm breaking off a little bit of the word all the time. And so he understands some things about Christ. And, and, and I'm telling you, some people don't understand. And what I told um, Jazz um, this past Friday, I said, Jazz, I can't say this any better than I'm saying it right now. I know I'm not the smartest person in the room. It's hard to trick me. It's really difficult to trick me. And I'm, I've, I don't know where this came from, but from the day I knew myself, I was always about an authentic thing. I never, some of y'all too young to notice, I never got the fake goal in New York. We used to go to New York in the 80s, and you go on Delancey Street and Orchard Street, and they used to run up to you because we young boys going to New York talking about we getting bombers and all this. Stuff. They would run up to you and say, yo, you want to buy some gold, man? And they'll put a lighter underneath the gold chain and say, see, it don't change. I had friends bought it all the time, all day, Cali. You know about that. I had friends that buy it. I had friends that went up there, and they, they got the fake leather pants. I never got the fake leather pants. I never got the fake chain. I just couldn't get fake stuff. I just feel like if I'm going to show you this who I am, this who I am. And so that's something that's innate in me. So I'm not telling you everybody's like that. But I told Jazz, I said, Jazz, if there was anything this, that God was working on me about in the sermon, if there's anything that was a loophole or something that wasn't good in, in, in what I'm, what I'm um, doing as far as a, a Christian, I would not be doing it. I'm telling you. I will not be living for God if this wasn't legit. There's a lot of religions out there, and they're saying a lot of things. And, and, and I told Jazz this Friday, I said, I could ask a lot of people a lot of things, and they would just start telling And I'm going to say to them, you really believe that? You know, one religion tells you that, you know, when you die, you come back, you get 13 virgins. I asked the person that told me, because it was a woman that told me, I said, so the men get 13 virgins. What does the woman get? She said, oh, that's a good question. But people are believing these things. I'm just trying to tell you. But people are believing these things. I could not serve and I could not be a part of some okie doke crazy religion like that. First of all, when I first heard it, I said, I don't want no virgin. I want me a real woman. give me some some old young girl that don't know nothing just just I, I don't understand man I'm, I'm just telling you real stuff I'm just telling you real stuff people minds are warped you're telling me you're living for a religion that tells you that you'll get 13 virgins you're like yay what is wrong with you bro your head is messed up 
the process. Let me let me let me let me let me tell you this. A lot of us we want the results, but we don't want the process. We want the results, but we don't want the process. And that's where loophole comes in and where it becomes a problem. Because we want the results. By the way, God is the one that's responsible for the results. Not you and not me. So why do we want the results and not the process? I've come to find out that God desire more for us to focus on the process than the results. We're focused too much on the results and God is saying, no, 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 focus on the process. I got the results under control. I'm God. I can't fail. I got this stuff under control. The results is I got it. But the process is you. And we have a problem with the process. We just want the results. And unfortunately, where we are in society today, mm, it's even worse. Because society has set us up mentally to care more about results than process. And so as Christians... I just want the result, heaven. I just want the result, blessings. I just want the results, healing. I just want the result, great preacher. I just want the result, know the scriptures. I just want the result, know how to pray. There is a process to all of it. We cannot just sit there and say, I want results. It won't work that way. I'll give you a scripture that helps you with that. Psalms 37 verse 4. It says, delight thyself also in the Lord. Process. I'm stopping right there. You, you see it on the screen, but I'm stopping right there for a minute. So I can linger let you know. Process. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Process. When you delight yourself in walking with God, in talking with God, in reading God's word, in fellowship with God, that's process. When you enjoy in his, his presence, when you enjoy talking to him, that's process. When you enjoy reading his word, that's process. He says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Results. Results. Process comes before results. But we want results before the process. This is why loophole has consumed us. And we're looking for an opportunity to get something for nothing. We can't walk with God that way because God don't roll that way. He don't roll that way. It is easy for us to condemn Ananias and Sapphira for their dishonesty. But we need to examine our own lives mm -hmm. to see if our profession is backed up by our practice. <laughs> Do we really mean everything we pray about in public? 
<laughs> we know how to pray. Apostolic people, man, we have prayed down the tower. Oh, we can pray. But the question is, do we really mean everything we're praying out loud? Or we're just saying it so people can hear it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Do we sing the songs that we sing sincerely or is it just routine? Let me help you all out. This morning, it wasn't just routine. I got y'all. But is it like that all the time? Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Had Ananias and Sapphira judged their own sin, God would not have judged them. That's a bar right there, as they like to say. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says this, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. I'm giving you bars. I'm just saying, every once in a while i got to speak in a terminology that some of y'all, exp- you know, some of y'all understand when I said that. You know what I mean? Other people are like, what is he talking about, bar? Don't worry about it. I'm not talking about bar. You go to drink. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you follow me great. <laughs> That's, so you're one of the ones I said it for. So there you go. Ananias and Sapphira's sin were not in robbing God's money, but in lying to him and trying to take his glory. They were not required to sell their property, and having sold it, they were not required to give any of the money to the church. But their lust for recognition, the sin of pride, gave the devil the opportunity to influence them to lie and sin against the Lord. Church, we got to let our yay be yay and our nay be nay. That's where we got to go. We can't just be saying yay, 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 and we don't mean it. Our yay got to be yay, and our nay got to be nay. Final scripture as we stand to our feet. In Acts chapter 5, the same chapter that we were reading and where we started out. In verse 11, watch this. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Can I tell you this? The Lord Jesus is speaking to us today through his word and his providential working in the world. If he shook up things back on Mount Sinai and those who refused to hear were judged, how much more responsible are we today who have experienced the blessings of the new covenant. And so we, as a people, let's receive God's grace and serve him with reverence and fear. And so I close by saying this. We cannot allow the fear of God to leave our life and to leave this church. The fear of God, you can't afford for that to leave you. Because the fear of God makes you reverence the Lord. When you start to become familiar with God and take him for granted, you're in trouble. We have to fear the Lord, meaning we have to reverence the Lord and say, Lord, you're just so awesome. We need to, when we speak the name of Jesus, we need to speak it with awe. 
not just whatever. And so when fear came upon the people, and not fear of being afraid, reverence. When reverence came upon the people, they began to experience miracles, signs, wonders, demonstration of the power of God because they got back to saying, oh my God, God really is who he says he is. Because oftentimes we take God for granted because we don't see him working in our midst. We think that he's not the God that he says he is. But guess what? It's, it, may be, it, it may be because we're not going around with the awe, the fear of God, so we're not experiencing what God wants to do. Before you leave here today, I ask you, to judge yourself. I ask you to take to God your heart. To say, God, whatever that is in me that is sin, I need you to get it out of me. I want it out of me. I don't want it in me. Everything that's wrong. And believe me, God didn't ask me to preach this or didn't tell me to preach this uh, because nobody didn't need to hear it. Every time God gives me a word for this church is because we all including me, needs to hear it. So we should not walk out of here today when we know there are things in our life that it still need to be worked out and we just stand pat. We don't want to leave here and be a mask-wearing person. We don't want to leave here being an actor. We don't want to leave here pretending to be this when we're not this. God knows everything. And if we want to move forward in Christ, we need to be honest with him. We need to be transparent with him. We need to lay down everything that we can to him. Listen to me. This is the last thing I'm going to say to you as we get ready to pray. This church, I don't know about nobody else's church. This is the church I'm in. This church is a wonderful and amazing church. There's a lot of accomplished people in here. There's a lot of determined people in here. There's a lot of disciplined people in here. There are a lot of people in this church that you know what you're doing. You know how to handle business and handle yourself and handle your life. Some great family people in here. You all are fantastic and amazing. But here, what comes with that? What comes with it is you can be so stubborn. Listen to me. Because however you obtain your success... And however you accomplish things, it took some discipline and stubbornness. It took some stick to this. But also, we have to be careful that, that that doesn't hinder us from what God wants to do in our life. That's what I'm saying to you. And so, we might not want to admit to it, but we have some things in our life that we need God to work out. We need God's help. He has given us a good mind. He has given us determination. He has equipped us with health and strength, and we're doing what we got to do. But that means, though, it means that we can be soldiers. We can be regimented. We can be determined. We can have this thing about us to stick to it as this, to just keep going. And sometimes we don't allow this to flow a different way because how we accomplish things in our secular life is not how we're going to accomplish it in the kingdom of God. There might be some things there that you can cross-pollinate, but they're not all the same. And so I need you to be honest with yourself and with God. Nobody has to do anything to anybody today. 
if you will just come and just you and God. I don't know. Some of you probably never been to this altar. Probably need to try it out today. But we need to come and talk to God because God has plans for your life. God wants to do great things in your life. God didn't call you to the kingdom to just chill. I told my barber Friday, I said, Jazz, if all God wanted from us was to be saved, then guess what? We would all be in heaven right now who got saved. So God is not just calling us to be saved and that all our life consists of is going to church, praying and fasting, going to church, reading our Bible, going to church, hearing preaching. It's a whole lot more to our life that God has in store for us that we need to tap into. So it's not just coming to church that God has for us. It's not just wake up every day and pray and go. God has so much more for us. And trust me, you might not understand understand it but I have gone through a lot where I got to the place where I can tell you it's all good you don't have to be afraid of what God has in store for you you don't have to worry about what God has in store for you you can trust that it's all good yes the same discipline that you had to get your college degree yes the same discipline you had to go to nursing school yes the same discipline you have to work in finances yes the same discipline you have to own your own business it is great but you need to tap in to the power of God in order for God to take you someplace deeper spiritually. And anywhere you go spiritually, it's going to reflect secularly at some point in time in your life. Oh, hallelujah. All we got to do is talk to God today. Ask God. Uh, uh, I feel something here. Listen to me. Whatever God does, he does it in love. I have to make that clear to you. Whatever God is doing, he does it in love. He's not doing it in a malicious way. He wants to do it in a loving way. So don't you worry about a thing. Don't you get concerned in thinking that this is something other than God loves us. He cares for us. And he loves us so much and cares so much for us that he allowed me, used me to speak this kind of word to us to say there are no loopholes in living for God. There are no loopholes in the kingdom of God. And whatever we have inside of us, we can get rid of it today before we leave because God is a good God. He loves us. He loves us. I feel the power of God. I feel his love. I feel the love of God right now as I stand before you. God wants me to tell you how much he loves you. This is not just about a message today. It's about the love of God to say, I love you so much, my children, that I will not allow you to go astray. I will not allow you to think one way when it's really not that way. And so God has come today to speak to our hearts to say, My children, I love you with an everlasting love. I will not let you go astray. I am the good shepherd. I will lead you into green pasture. I will lead you by still water. I will restore your soul. I will protect you from the wolves. I will protect you from the lions. I'm your God. I will do what I need to do to keep you and uphold you and sustain you. But you must come to me, my children. You must come to me and lay down your thoughts. Lay down 
all of your hurt. Lay down your frustration. Lay down your sins. Repent of your sins. Cry out to me. Yield yourself to me. I will search you. I will put the spotlight on you. And I will drive out of your life all that is unrighteous. All that is ungodly. All that is worldly. I will drive it out. And I will make you whole. I will make you whole. I will save your soul. I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will strengthen you. The Lord says, there are some of you that you know you're not where you want to be spiritually. You were at a different place years ago spiritually. But God wants me to tell you, he wants to take you to where you used to be and even beyond where you used to be. If you will yield to him today, if you will be honest with God today, if you will be transparent before God today, if you will confess your sins before God today, He says, I am the one that erases sin. I am the one that forgives sin. My precious blood that I shed was for your sins. And today, if you will repent of your sins, if you will confess them to me, I will remove your sins. I will set you free. I will make you whole. I will transform your life. I will take you from where you are and you won't have to go back there. Somebody, don't worry about it. If you will be honest with God, you don't understand what he can do, but he knows what he can do. You don't think he can deliver you, but I'm here to tell you no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, God can deliver you from it. There is no sin too great that God can rescue you from. There is no sin too great that God can deliver you from. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let out your voice. Let out your voice. Call on the name of Jesus. He's here. He's here. Let God have his way today. Call on the name of Jesus. Let out your voice. Pray and say, God, help me today. No more do I want to be where I am, but I want to move forward in you. I'm not looking for any more loopholes, God. I will not look for any more loopholes, Lord. No more loopholes. No more loopholes. I will come straight forward to you, Lord. I will come straight at you, Lord. No more loopholes. For there are no loopholes in Jesus Christ. There are no loopholes in the kingdom of God. Lord, I will come straight forward. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it, church. That's it. That's it. God has come today to help us. He wants to help us. He wants to help us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. God is doing a work. God is doing a work. He's getting us back on track. He's getting us back on track. He has removed the distractions. He has removed the distractions. He has caused us to be refocused. And now he's working in your heart. Now he's working in your spirit. Now he's working in your heart. Let him have his way. Jesus, will you have your way in our hearts today? Jesus, will you have your way in our spirit today? Jesus, will you have your way in our mind today? Do what you can in our hearts and in our mind, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You serve a good God. There is none like him. Jesus is the only wise God. Jesus is the only true and living God. And he is good. He's better than good. He is faithful. He is a our God that loves us and none loves us like Him. Jesus, He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Let Him move in you. Let Him have His way. Let Him have His way. God is good. God is good. God is great. God, we thank you. God, we worship you and honor you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. That's it, church. That's it, church. That's it, church. That's it, church. This is your day. This is your day. Let God do with you what he wants to do. This is your opportunity. This is your moment. Let God have his way.
That's right. You're almost there. Get the Lord. Five more seconds. Five more seconds. Say, Jesus, I cannot leave here the same. No more loopholes. No more doing it my way. No more trying to figure out the best way to get by. I'm tired of faking it till I make it. Tell the Lord, change me. Change me now, Lord. Change me now, Lord. You're almost there, church. You're almost there, church. The man of God said, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, no more loopholes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got your breakthrough today, shout amen. If you got your breakthrough today, shout amen. Amen, amen. As we close, just want to let you know we do have some patties um, being sold today. We love you. We thank you for coming. Shake hands with someone next to you. Get a number of someone you don't know. In Jesus' name, have a good one.